Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Rick's Reviews. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And we took a couple weeks off there, you know, summer starting and everything. We uh, wanted to utilize our, our paid time off from the podcast. And so uh, we're back now, though, back yeah. and, and running. Actually, you know what? Well, before we start, I think we're allowed to formally make our big announcement that we teased last time, aren't we? That's right. Okay. We're pregnant. <laughs> wow. You just went right for it. Yeah, Taylor is expecting, and I'm expecting as well. We got each other pregnant. Um, pretty crazy, yes, just like the like seahorses do. Uh, but no, we actually do have some pretty awesome news. Would you like to share, Taylor? Yes, we're going to be part of another podcast network. Uh, and we're not sure exactly how this is uh, going to go down yet, if it's going to be called Brixman Fuse still, or if, you know, if we're going to have a different podcast name. But it's pretty much going to be all us talking mostly Sabres, 90% Sabres, 10% other NHL stuff, uh, giving you our good takes, the good scoops, and I think, is it called the NHL Nation Network? I think, like the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah, yes. so just to give some background, uh, there are these two guys, one of which is a radio host uh, out in Vancouver, uh, and they had reached out to us probably, what, like two months ago now? Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously a, a huge part of our podcast of Rick's Views is talking about the Sabres, and so they listened and they liked it. And essentially, yeah, what they wanted to do is start this network where uh, every NHL team, all 31 teams, have their own, like, home podcast, essentially. Uh, and there's going to be... Um, like a lot of cross-promotional stuff, so we're going to have guests on from pretty much all over North America, um, and and vice versa, and we're going to be jumping on other people's podcasts, which are going to be really great, Um, but it's all going to fall under this one uh, umbrella hub. Um, again, it's still very early, so we're still trying to shake out, like Taylor said, what our name is going to be, if it's going to stay Rick's Reviews, or if it's going to be something maybe more Savers related. Um, and, you know, if we do that, and then, you know, I, I think our plan is we still would like to, to keep Rick's Reviews because we still talk a lot about other things besides oh, the Savers. Yeah. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, once hockey season rolls around, that's going to kind of be like our, our, our big focus. Um, we're going to be putting out at least one episode a week, one to two episodes every single week, um, you know, and so it's going to be a lot of the day-to-day stuff with the Sabres, and uh, we're going to do half of which is going to be, you know, kind of focusing on, like I said, day-to-day. The other half is really going to be focused on um, fun content of our choosing, um, you know, and so we're already in the planning stages for a lot of our segments that we want to do, um, but the official announcement just kind of happened uh, within the past week or two, and so we're we're super excited. Um, I know I'm at least Taylor. What are your What are your thoughts? It's gonna be good. We're gonna it's 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 gonna be good to focus a lot on something, you know, like the Sabers, because I think the last the inclination for me at least the last like three years or so has been kind of to check out not to check out. I watch the games, but not look at much like I you know pay attention used to like prospects, advanced stats, how mm-hmm. this guy did this game. It's just been kind of be like, what's the point? Right. Which I still feel like that in a lot of ways. <laughs> but at least this will force me to kind of keep a keep a closer eye on things. Uh, and also, you know, once we get closer to it, you know, getting into the fall, we'll send out the, you know, probably tweet out the links to follow some of our other sister podcasts yes. in that network. Because, you know, maybe you want to keep up with, see, uh, 
you know, who's going to be interesting next year? Vegas should be interesting, maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Arizona. Arizona could be very interesting, yeah. actually. Uh, the desert teams. You know, or maybe, I don't know, maybe you want to see how Calgary falls out. I don't know. There's going to be smart guys Rangers, like us everywhere. Yeah. And probably some smart ladies, too. I, I, yeah, I absolutely. That's definitely a big thing that uh, uh, I'm looking forward to, is just meeting all the very awesome and intelligent and well-versed uh, fellows and ladies out there who are going to be, be working with us on this. So it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. We might get a new logo too. We actually are going to get a new logo, I'm pretty sure, assuming we uh, take on like a new Sabres name and every Sabres related name. So we'll have a new logo and we might have updates to our social media accounts. Again, it's still really early, but we are super excited and so we'll have more information as it comes along. And so, uh, yeah, just to kind of echo what Taylor said, I'm really looking forward to, you know, like diving in like really deep with the Sabres this year. And for the love of God, please just be good. <laughs> you know, I, I don't definitely... Don't make us feel like we're wasting our time. Exactly. We don't ask for much. Terry Pagula did say it was time to make the playoffs. I'm glad that after eight whatever. years, it's finally time to make the playoffs. I'm glad he had that first eight years to kind of like think about it if it was time to. So I hopefully... Uh, well, you know, it takes a good eight years, they say. Oh, as they say, of course. Yes. Yeah. All the great teams. Um, but yeah, so let's just hop right in. So where we left off last episode, we were counting down the top combined uh, NHL and NBA Stanley Cup slash NBA Finals uh, years. And so we're ranking them year by year. Um, these are our Taylor's rankings, and then we're going into each of them and just giving insight on all of them. Um, so Do we want to do a quick rundown of what we did last time? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Go for right, it. We did 20 through 6 last time. So just real quick, 20, 2005, 19, 2007. 18, 2014, 17, 2018, 16, 2002, 15, 2000, 14, 2003, 13, 2017, 12, 2006, 11, 2015, 10, okay, so this is going to be interesting, we ranked 2019 10th, but we'll come back to that, 9, 2004, 8, 2010, 7, 2012, 6, 2009, and here we are. Here we are. So, a couple things. A little thing happened uh, since our last episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we clarified this, this is just the 21st century. Just all the right. ones of the 21st century. So we did the last one, and I put 2019 in the middle because I didn't know what to think yet. It was still early in both the series. Couldn't know which way it was going to go in terms of, and this is rankings in terms of being good, memorable, storylines around them, fun, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. Uh, so because of that, and because of everything that's happened since, I decided to move 2019 up. And now that we're, I would say, two weeks removed from both series ending, I don't think I'm being a prisoner of the moment when I say this deserves to be up right up there in the top five. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. To be honest, I think it's even like higher than where you're going to put it. If you're, you're putting it at five, correct? Yeah, yeah. So that means we have to talk about 2001 at number six. All right. So let's do 2001 first, and then yeah. we'll go into that. So 2001, um, just the recap here. So we have uh, the Colorado Avalanche beating the New Jersey Devils in seven games in the Stanley Cup final. And then for the NBA, we have the Los Angeles Lakers beating the 76ers four to one. Um, so let's start with the NHL. So that year, um, to the 2001 cup, especially memorable, uh, Ray Bork, if I'm not mistaken, that was his, uh, his big cup. Finally, uh, Patrick Watt. I mean, that Colorado team was, was pretty stacked and it's really basically Patrick's last stand right as was New Jersey though I will say that as well that's a couple of pretty star-studded teams if I'm not mistaken for that yeah time oh period. yeah so that's yeah. those jerseys jersey was the defending champions they beat in the stars mm-hmm. before so they were obviously great they had, you know Broder uh I think young Eliash if I'm not mistaken he started yep. after the 2000 season uh 
they just uh, a crazy talented team. Scott Stevens, Scott Niedermeyer, Ken Danieko, everyone that was there pretty much that whole era. Mo they, Gilney was there. Scott Gomez or Young Scott Gomez was oh, there. Oh, Young Scott Gomez. How could I forget? Yep. Oh yeah, Niedermeyer, Rafalski, uh, Peter Sikora. I mean, this was a they still have this was a good group. Uh, yeah, Jason Arnett was there too. He who was their assistant goalie. the winning goal in the cup the year before. Yep, as we mentioned before. So they they were the reigning champions, and they had won in '95. Uh, the Avalanche had won in '96, mm-hmm. so that was a big one. Uh, I believe in '01. No, no, no. I think the Kings beat the Red Wings in the playoffs. Obviously, the Red Wings are the other powerhouse of that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of very interesting stuff uh, in that series, just just in terms of the players, and it went seven games. True. I think it was decided by one goal. In Game 7, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct, and goal. I believe it was Alex Tange was the one who had the deciding goal. Yeah, second period. Uh, yeah. Alex Tange. Yeah, yeah Alex Tange. Uh, Chris Drury was on that team. Chris Drury, yeah. So, yeah, going through that, you have Rob Blake, Chris Drury, I mean, Adam Foote, Peter Forsberg, uh, Milan Hayduk, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Waugh, of course, like we said, Joe Sackick, um, Alex Tange. I mean, this was a, a, another pretty... Good squad. David Abisher was their backup. I wow. believe they had a guy from Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken, here on that team. Did they have Peter Ratchuk? Was Peter Ratchuk on that team? Or he might have been at 96. I might be mixing those two up. Yeah, he might have been. Yeah. But either way, before. yeah, so that was an uh, incredible series. Uh, and then Ray Bork is the big one. Uh, Ray Bork was traded, played 20 ish years in Boston. Mm-hmm. The highest scoring defenseman all time by goals. Uh, more than 400 goals. And never won a cup in Boston. Played in two and lost both of them. So they traded him to win the cup, and he didn't. And he decided to come back for one more year and won it. Mm-hmm. Being extremely old, as we all remember, if you've ever seen the photo of him, that you'd be like, what is that 50-year-old man doing on Dad? the <laughs> Why is that coach dressed up in shoulder pads? <laughs> but, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice moment. Made everyone you know happy. They gave the cup to him. He went crazy. Uh, so, yeah. the Very memorable. Day. Definitely one of the most memorable and cups ever. Moving to the NBA, probably the most memorable five-game series in yeah. sports history. Uh, because on one side you have the Lakers running it back. Now the 2000 Lakers had won 67 games, but weren't super dominant in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They almost, they very, very, uh, came very close to losing the conference finals. They were down 15 in the fourth quarter of game seven, but they won the finals. They came back, they won, they beat the Pacers, they're champions. And the next year they did not have as good a regular season. I don't think they were the one seed. They were not. The Sixers were. No, no, I mean in the West. Oh, in the West. I thought you meant overall. Sorry. Yeah. No, actually, who was the number one seed that year? I would have um, guessed it was the Spurs, but I could be wrong. But the Lakers, just they weren't as good in the regular season, and they get to the playoffs, and it was obvious that they were... It was the Spurs, yeah. yeah the Spurs. And they, the Sixers had, like... Um, or no, actually, you know what? The, the Spurs were the league champions outright, and then Philly uh, and the Lakers had the same record. Okay. So, yeah, the, the Lakers then beat the Trailblazers, and then I think... The Suns, I think they swept both of them. And then they swept the Spurs in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Went 12-0 into the finals against not an easy uh, schedule. No, not an easy road to get there, yeah. And then they get to the, to the finals, and they're facing Philadelphia. Now, there's this is misremembered a little bit, I think, by people. Um, Iverson was obvious. If you look at the roster, it's not a very offensively talented roster. Iverson's like the guy on that roster. Right. And this is a bad East at that time, too. East has gotten worse. Yeah, essentially worse, right? that... Entire team was pretty much running off of AI and like the tum- or Matumbo on D. Yeah, basically that's the thing people forget. They had a good defense. Yeah, that was kind of the backbone of their team, which is also kind of like the 07 Cavs. Right. Except the 07 Cavs defense wasn't as good. Right. But that 01 playoffs, 
uh, Iverson has a great two first rounds. Conference final, they face Milwaukee, Ray Allen. Right. And that is one of the series uh, people don't talk about as much, but it's like the Sacramento Lakers series the following year, where people are hmm, pretty suspicious here mm-hmm. with all the officiating. I wonder which city the NBA would rather have in the finals, Philadelphia or Milwaukee. Hmm, can't pull my finger on that one. I'm just saying people have said that before. Of course. But Iverson, shooting-wise, did not have a good conference final, actually. He did not drag them to the final. Uh, their defense kind of did. Right. Uh, but... Otherwise, this team is very underwhelming, yes. though. Yes, they had Eric Snow as a starter, which is not the good. surefire sign for the, the aughts that you had a bad team in the yeah. finals. Uh, he was also on the 07 Cavs. But, game one... Iverson goes off, yep. destroys the Lakers. Uh, Overtime victory. Yes. Uh, I think he scored somewhere near 50. He had 48. 48. He had 48, and Shaq had Shaq put up 44 and 20 in that game. Just I mean, that's to, not bad. Yeah, it's but decent, Iverson, you know. But guard riding one. Uh, steps over Tyron Lue. Of course, the classic moment. Yep. Iconic. Yep. Uh, and that's the, the only game the Lakers would lose in the playoffs. And now that I'm thinking about this, Back then, the first round was three games. So the Lakers went 3-4-4, four, four, mm-hmm. and then five in the final. So they went 15-1. and one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. That's so All right, I'm the, let's keep it going then, because yeah. that's a pretty iconic year. Like, you have two marquee moments with Tyron Lue stepping over, or Iverson stepping over Tyron Lue, and then you have Ray Bork raising the cup for the first time. Iconic. Huge. Iconic. They are iconic. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. All right, what do we got? So then next, let's bring it up to 2019. 2019. Um, of course, the the Toronto Raptors, Kawhi Leonard, like, single-handedly dragging that team pretty much through. Of course, he had some help, you know, like Kyle Lowry is a, a great piece. You have Serge Ibaka on that team, but Siakam, it all, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they not to say that they were a bad team at all, but, like, Kawhi really just kind of took that team to a new level. Oh, yeah, like that team, if they would have left DeRozan on that team, they probably win. No, they don't win East regular season because Milwaukee still won. But they'd win like sixty-two games, and they probably get killed. And they probably get killed by the Sixers. They probably lose in like five to the mm-hmm. Sixers in the in the second round because that team just didn't have like a guy that was like when the playoffs came on. You know, you want a guy that steps right. up, and instead they had their two best players always shrunk in the moment. Yep. Um, you know, it's weird because like, there's a two guard thing out in Portland with with uh, McCollum and. Lillard. Mm-hmm. And those guys can't really seem to get breakthrough. They made the conference finals once they get swept. But they don't just like turtle and get their ass kicked all the time, mm-hmm. which is exactly what DeRozan and Lowry did. And what DeRozan continued to do in San Antonio. Right, exactly. Year. But Kawhi came in and reminded people that when Kawhi was healthy in 2017, he was the best player in the, in the regular season that year. And was up 20 on the Warriors in game one of the conference finals when Zaza Zapulia took him out. Unbelievable. Just, just put him on his knees and Blew his head yeah, off. didn't he like step on him or something? Step he on- stepped on his leg so hard he left, and he didn't play for this. He played with nine more games for the Spurs ever. But yeah, so Kawhi, you you wonder if a guy sits out that long, why is he sitting out that long? Is he not right anymore? He said a lot, a lot, a lot this regular season, twenty mm-hmm. games maybe. Uh, but then he came to the playoffs and he's like, no, I'm I'm me, I'm the best. I'm yeah, and destroy. He didn't destroy everyone. Obviously, the Sixers put up a great fight. So did the Bucks and the Warriors. But he was the thing that when the, when the going got tough, it's quiet time. Yeah. Which they didn't have. Took over. Yeah. And he was incredible. It's a good reminder because in 2014, he wins finals MVP. But that was because he had the best series out of what was really a um, great player by committee type thing in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to take anything over because, first of all, they just were destroying the yeah. heat. 
Uh, and he wasn't necessarily a better player. You wouldn't have said during the regular season that you're like, oh, he's the guy over Duncan or Parker. But this time, you're like, yes. There's no no denying it. He's one of the three best players in the league. He's a Hall of Famer. He's having one of the best runs ever. Yep. Uh, and if he stays healthy, he has a good chance to be a top 30, top 20 player in NBA history. Absolutely. how healthy he is and how, how much longer he can do this. And it was incredible to see that because the Warriors really didn't have an answer for it. And that's another part of the storyline. It's just the Warriors completely falling apart. Right. Well, let's talk about the Warriors then. So, I mean, you look at them. This is really, you know, the last year. What at least seems to be the last year of the Warriors dynasty. Um, no, it you is. know, you have, you know, Durant not even able to play. Um, just they just could not get a gel going. And then, you know, now looking after the fact, given that they lost, Durant's now in Brooklyn. Andre Iguodala's out the door now. Um, you know, you bring in Damian Russell. Who's uh, who's a great or De- did I say Damian? Excuse me, D'Angelo Russell, who's who's a great pickup. I mean, he had a hell of a year last year after you know his turbulent career to date. Um, but back to this team though, I mean, injuries plagued them, and they just they really just did not have an answer for Kawhi. It's it just he he willed the Raptors past them. Oh yeah, um, and, and it was it was remarkable to watch. And so you know now I, I mean after you have Golden State, this was their fourth or excuse me, their fifth consecutive NBA final. Um, you know, I mean, they won the prior two years, and now they didn't even bring it to seven games, you know, six-game series, and, and Kawhi just finished the job. Um, and, 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 I'm, and it was kind of crazy, too, in the series. Every game was a little bit like, oh, every time you watch the game. Because game it was a gr- every game was good. Game one, they won, and it wasn't even a great game, but it was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then the Warriors win game two. Right. And winning game two in Toronto, that was pretty big. Uh, but it was basically all based on one run where the Raptors went insanely cold. Mm-hmm. Game three, the Warriors get their ass kicked, basically, in, in, in Golden, State, Golden State at the Oracle. At Oracle. And it's like, holy shit, what's going on? Game four, the Warriors are winning, the Raptors are playing like shit, and then the Raptors just blow them away in the fourth quarter. And it's like, oh, they're up 3-1. Then game five, they try to bring Grant back, gives him a little bit of a lead. He plays, I think, ten minutes. And his, Gets like, hurt. his leg explodes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's huge. Everyone's like, oh my God, torn Achilles. And at the end of the, you know, they still have the lead because they took the lead in, uh, early in the game. And Steph and Clay were kind of willing them to win. And then the, the end of that game was insane. Mm-hmm. They're up six. The, the, the title, you think the title's theirs. The game's over. Uh, Cl- Steph and Clay combined for three threes. Uh, Marcus somehow gets a goaltend. Uh, I'm not really sure how that happened on the offensive end. And then I think. I forgot what foul he had on the defensive end, and then turned the ball over. Like, three things in a row that were insane. Just completely, like, things you never... Calls you never see. Right. Like, like what the hell is going on here? Are they, do they want this finals to go another game? And then it didn't matter, because Lauer got a shot blocked in the last second. Go another game. Game six is crazy. Durant can't, you know, play, but he's sitting on the bench. And the Warriors are up again. And then Clay tears his ACL like it's bodied by Danny Green. He runs down the tunnel and is like, I can play. Mm-hmm. And they let him take the free throws. And then, and then he immediately is like, I cannot play. Well, no, he, he said he could play. The well, I know, but like, like No, right he after. absolutely cannot yeah. play, buddy. Like, your ACL's torn in half. Uh, and then, the, it still came down to like a last second thing. Like, uh, Danny Green almost threw the, he threw the ball out of bounds, basically. Give the Warriors another chance. Uh, Steph misses a three. They could have gone overtime. It was just in another insane ending. Just Wild. crazy. It was... And, you know, it's Toronto's first championship of any kind in 26 years. Mm-hmm. Which, not that we feel bad for those guys up there, but this, it was 
is nice. It's a long, it's a, it's a long drought. It, we, this year, Three teams. and so let's transition because I think the thing that makes this year so unique is the fact that it's two teams winning, you know, like this first final. And, um, I mean, St. Louis, uh, what an insane story where, you know, you look back in January and they're in last place in the entire league and then just, Ten points behind the they just go on it. Yeah. Ten, oh, that makes me so sad. And then they just go on a tear, and they finish the regular season strong. Um, it, it pretty much by accident, their goaltending situation it just completely gets turned upside down. Um, Cuso, who is who was you know going into the season and through the first half of the season, their number one goalie prospect, um, he's hurt at the time, and they just can't figure out a goal. Bennington gets the call. Uh, 26 year old, right? 26 or 25? 26, yeah, 26 yeah. year old rookie. He gets the call up and just just puts together an unbelievable finish to the rest of the season. Um, they get to the playoffs. Uh, I mean, then just everything kind of comes together for them. You have big moments like the maroon goal. Um, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, of course, winning the con Smythe had the gunner single. The gunner, yeah. Oh my God! I and mean, the story after that where he was pissing next to Craig Berube and was like, "Coach, give me one more shot. Mm-hmm. I need one more shot." I'll, I'll, and he's like, first of all, you're Carl Gunnarsson. You don't score. Yeah. Second, is he going to bench you? <laughs> yeah. You're one of the regular defensemen. It was just uh, unbelievable. And then, I mean, on the other side, it's always a beautiful, beautiful thing whenever Boston loses a uh, championship. Well, Real nice. Boston. That's another thing. Boston wins game one dominant fashion. Mm-hmm. St. Louis comes back in game two, but doesn't look dominant. And then Boston game three wins like seven to one, seven to two. So Biddington started to look a little uh, shaky because he actually had not had that good of a save percentage after March first. Right. He's pretty mediocre, kind of leveled out. But then a- after every shitty game, he'd have a really good game. This is his way his way of being balanced. Uh, so he, the Blues come back and then take a three two lead, and then Boston blows him out in game six. So it comes to Game 7, and Boston was all over them. Yep. Just all over them. But didn't uh, St. Louis kind of collapsed to in, in a defensive stance where, like, Boston got a ton of shots and rebounds, but, like, no quality shots, which is a bad strategy in the long term. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in short games, it works, especially when Tuka Rask allowed, what, four goals on 13 shots or yep. something like that? Just... Fell apart. Yeah. Fell apart. For the second time in mm-hmm. his Stanley Cup career. So, just a lot of remarkable stuff. Uh, it was insane. O'Reilly uh, being neutral, not neutral, obviously, but if I'm being fair about this, it's kind of an incredible thing to get traded and then win the Cup. the Cons. Win the Cons, uh, score the most goals in the Cup. I think it was the most goals anyone had scored in a row in the Cup since Mario Lemieux in the early 90s. I just... We don't have to talk about it from our angle, but it's it was a so it was pretty and it's and it's well and I think the other part of this too is that St. Louis finally, 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 finally gets their cup and it's it's essentially like I mean it's not that far fetched to say that their situation is very similar to how Washington was. Granted that they didn't have somebody with the star power of Ovechkin, but. I mean, my God, St. Louis has been, you know, uh, a top team in the West that just gets bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs for the better part of the past yeah. 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it, or maybe that's pushing it, but like, you know, 10 to 15 years, um, you know, yeah. the, the, the 
Well, you like have the year. Years, but well, no, I mean, I, well, yeah, but like you still, you know, if it's ten years, then I mean, you have well, Oshi was there, Petra Angel is coming up. I mean, when it, when their core was, you know, Oshi, Bacchus, um, Peron, back in those days, and then of course, then David Peron comes back this year with the Blues, where he spent the majority of his career. He ends up winning his cup too. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable that it's two years in a row where it's teams who have just been kind of like meddling around in the playoffs like great regular season teams who could just never find a way to yeah. put it together now finally snap their streaks and and win a cup um they're not quite the uh three or four time president trophy winning capitals never making a conference well final. of course it's not the, it's it wasn't the same but by no means the same and thing that's but partially it's partially why people didn't care as much i guess because mm-hmm. st louis they made one conference final they didn't do that well at it and they just kind of got their ass kicked in the second round all the time and the first round, even one. Yep. Even years when people thought, like, oh, they might do something. The Miller year? I mean, that was everybody, was, that was their pick. Yep. Everybody's pick to win the cup yeah. was the Blues. But since the, the Blackhawks uh, and the Kings, and then after that, the Predators, like, took up so much air in the room that people didn't care. And the other thing, the way they're similar to the Capitals and the Penguins and the Sharks is 2015, the Sharks missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We think their era's over because they're all pretty old. 2016, they make the cup. Uh, that 2016, the Penguins had not made the conference final a couple years. 2015, they barely make the playoffs. 20, halfway through 2016, they're outside the playoff picture. I think, you know, uh, they missed their window. Mm-hmm. They won two cups in a row. The Capitals got significantly worse. They won back-to-back President's Trophies and then lost a bunch of guys. Were not nearly as good, still won their division, and then they won the cup. Yep. And then the Blues missed the playoffs last year. <laughs> traded Chad and Kirk. Traded Stassi. Uh, yep. Tra- just... They were, you know, selling. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they weren't. And then, I mean, well, look at the team. I mean, you have a good, like, you know, your core guys, which is, like we said before, I mean, your Petrangelo, um, Alex Steen, who's been there forever, Tarasenko, of course, um, David Perron, they bring back Colton Pariko, And then, you know, some of the younger guys. I mean, Robert Thomas was playing pretty solid minutes for them by the end and is really kind of showing that, like, the hype on him is going to be real. At least it, it seems that way. Of course, right, exactly. Um, Of course, the O'Reilly pick. Oh, Jaden Schwartz again with the with that nucleus. Um, But then you have guys, you know, like Ivan Barbashev, you know, first round draft pick. Um, Vince Dunn, another young guy there. Sam Sam Blyce. I mean, they they had a good mix of of Robbie Fabry, like a good mix between youth and and veterans there. Um, And they only had two guys previously who had made a Stanley Cup final, which was David Perron, who made it with Vegas, of course, right. and then Oscar Sundquist, who had made it with uh, Pittsburgh in 2016. So, um, I mean, you know, otherwise, besides those two guys, everyone else in their first finals appearance, as compared to the Bruins, who, you know, while they had a lot of vets who had been there before, I mean, you have Bergeron, Chara, Marchand, Krejci, um, and Tuka Rask, who had all been there three times previously, yeah. Um, you know, and then yeah, I, it, it's just insane that the way that they turned around. I mean, it's going to go down as one of the greatest turnaround, if not the greatest turnaround story in the history of the NHL. I mean, it unbelievable. Has to be. It, I, yeah, I, there's no way that's ever happened before in sports. No, that I know late happened in, in arena season. football last year, but I don't think not quite the same. Yeah, people remember it the same way. But yeah, it's all like, right. So, do we want to move on in the top five then? Or yes. do you have any last thoughts on this? Um, 
Not especially. It's going to be an interesting one because the Blues weren't really a lead at anything mm-hmm. at all. Not really a goal scoring. They don't have as much top end talent. The Blue Line pretty good. Yeah. And then Bennington was just kind of fine by the time the playoffs happened. So, an interesting champion. Yeah. But uh, after that, we have eight number four. 2008, so in the NHL, we have the Detroit Red Wings against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first of uh, back-to-back matchups for these two. Um, this time, of course, you have the Red Wings coming out on top uh, with Henrik Sederberg scoring the, uh, the game winner in game yeah. six of that series. Uh, and then in the NBA for, what did we say we were at, 2008, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the NBA... Oh, we have we have my Boston Celtics, the only Boston team that I like, uh, beating the Lakers, the big three, getting their first championship. Um, only, only championship. Only championship. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, so um, let's uh, let's do NHL first this time. Yes. Okay. So this was a great series, and it didn't have to be. And it looked like the first two games it wouldn't be mm-hmm. because the Red Wings were way better. The Penguins, basically at that point, I think, were 21-year-old Crosby, 22-year-old Malkin, a 20-year-old Stahl, Latang, who was also around 20, and they had a couple older guys. I think they had um, Hosa that year. They got at the deadline. And then they flopped him the next year to Detroit. Yeah. Or he, he left. That's but, what I mean, yeah. Uh, Sergey Gonchar also. Yeah, you have Max Talbot was there. George LaRock. Oh, my gosh, this team. Peter yeah, Sikora. Pascal Dupuis. Yeah, I mean, on D, you have, you know, a young Chris Letang. Yeah, Gonchar, Orpik, Ryan Whitney. Not great. Not great, besides, you know, your stars. Yeah, so... And then, I mean, the other hand, though, the Red Wings, this team. Incredible. Because it, yeah. has, it has two of the best centers in the league, yep. both operating line at their primes, which is what Crowley and Melkin would eventually be, but we're not yet exactly, not 100%, mm-hmm. even though they scored like fucking crazy in those playoffs. Those guys are amazing. And they also had one of the best defensemen in NHL history, still kind of in his, his late prime, still crazy good, mm-hmm. Nick Lidstrom. Yep. And then, no, I don't think any of those guys let, well, I think Zetterberg might have let them in playoff scoring. But they had another guy, Johan Franzen, who went insane in like the second or third round. Yep. I mean, this team in general is just just so deep in yeah. terms of the, the talent. Um, you mind if I go through and, and just rattle off some names for like to fill out the rest of the roster? Oh just yeah, a, go ahead. The amount. I mean, so you have uh, uh, Tomas Holmstrom, who was there for his fourth Stanley Cup appearance. Huh. Uh, like you said, with Franzen, um, I, I mean, you have young Valtteri Filippula, um, Darren Helm is there, and then of course, like we said, you have Zetterberg and Datsuk, Chris Draper, who was there for his fifth cup, Darren McCarty, who was there for his fifth cup. Not oh, that he man. was, you know. Um, Kirk Maltby was there for his fourth cup. I mean, this is just dynasty stuff. Dan Cleary they have. And then on defense, you have Cronwall, Rafalski, Chris Chelios, Brad Stewart, and Nick Lidstrom. And then, of course, the dominator and Chris Osgood in goal. Yeah, and Osgood actually did the, the playing mm-hmm. in the playoffs. He was, at, you know, the starter really that year. But, uh, so, the pay, so... That team didn't have as much as many wins as the 2016 that somehow lost in the first round. But once they got, the playoffs got rolling around, they had Nashville in the first round and kind of stumbled through the first two games. Mm-hmm. Then I think the last three games to beat Nashville, swept Colorado in, in then game four won nine nothing, and then won the first three games of the conference finals against Dallas. So you don't really see runs like that. No, you know where they just you know oh we're just gonna. 
Uh, we're just going to win like 10 games in a row in the playoffs, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the Penguins had a pretty, you know, they had enough talent where it was like, yes, we're the young team. We probably shouldn't be here yet. We only have two or three guys who, like, he would have really been in this position before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't matter. We're going to make this interesting. Because game three, the Penguins win. And then the Red Wings go up 3-1 in game four. Right. And in Detroit, game five, the Penguins, I think, score a late goal to tie after seeing the Red Wings are going to win the Cup. And I think won in double overtime. And I forgot who scored in double overtime. But it was it was a huge thing. It yeah. was incredible. Um, so that, that game six, really tightly played. All of a sudden, they look like two even evenly matched teams. And the it comes down to like a crazy scramble at the end. A shot gets up, Osgood stops it, game's over, Red Wings win the cup. Their fourth cup with this kind of team together. Uh, it was unbelievable. It was a, it was a crazy good series. It, yeah, definitely. And it was a sign of things to come because the series next year was better, but we've already talked about 09. Of course. The NBA um, Finals was not as good. Right, exactly. Um, all right, so then the NBA. Uh, you know, you have the classic rivalry renewed then uh, between the Celtics and the Lakers. Uh, in the 2008 finals, this is the first time um, since 2000, I believe, that it was the top two seed, like the top seed from each conference, faced off against each other in the finals. So, oh really? A lot of yeah, exactly. Yeah, so a lot of hype going into it. Um, you know, of course, as I said before, on the Celtics side, you have the big three with Pierce, Allen, and Garnett, um, along with, I mean, a pretty solid group all around, filled out with some. Veterans, like you have, I mean, Sam Cassell was on that team. Um, you have Tony Allen was there. Young Rondo was there. Um, we can't forget our boy Brian Scalabrini. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but beyond that, I mean, James Posey, um, Kendrick Perkins, again, filled out that lineup. Eddie House, uh, Big Baby Davis. I, I mean, this team was top to bottom, like a really solid, well-filled out team. Um, both from their starters and on the bench. And then, of course, the Lakers. I mean, you have Kobe there. You have Lamar Odom, um, Pau Gasol, Derek Fisher. Um, you know, th- those and that's your classic Pau, Pau Lakers. Got traded there. Yeah, exactly. So he, That was a very controversial trade. Right. That was big um, Bynum was there, but I believe he was hurt, if I'm not mistaken, or he got hurt in the playoffs at some point. I think so. Um, and then Trevor, and like young Trevor Ariza, too. So um, going through, uh, I mean, Celtics take game one. Pretty handedly. Uh, and the Celtics that year, that was important because it was the first year together. Yep. They won 66 games. And they Huge. went to seven games with the 37-win Hawks. Young LeBron and his not-so-great team right. brought them to seven games. And, but then they kind of just – they did well against the Pistons. Mm-hmm. But they had a lot of playoff experience. So it was kind of – people didn't really know what to think. Um. Yeah. And so then, uh, again, you move on then to game two. Celtics take the 2-0 lead there. Um, you know, Pierce has a big game putting up 28 points for them, um, to match Kobe's 30 that he put up, uh, next game then moving on to game three, it's a little bit lower scoring, uh, 87, 81 Lakers take that, bring the series to a two to one. They're down two to one now. Um, Kobe goes off in that. He almost puts up 40. Um, then, uh, game four, we have the The Celtics. Yes. The big comeback game. Um, yes. Game four that was. Yeah. So Lakers are 24. Laker, yeah, and Celtics end up coming back to win uh, 97-91 in that one. So that was pretty huge. Um, yeah, 35-14 lead after the first quarter for that one for the oh. Lakers, which is just insane. And then the Celtics, <laughs> to end the third quarter, go on a 21-3 run. Um, unreal. 
So then moving on to game five, um, this is where Paul Pierce really kind of took over in this series. Uh, he puts up 38 and eight assists in that one. Um, uh, you know, so huge game. That's kind of one of like the big moments again, like I said, for, for Pierce, where he comes back. I mean, it was a big thing with Kobe guarding him in that game and he Pierce like just beat Kobe, um, in that game. Choker. Yeah. Kobe is. It was, it was something. And then of course, then you have game six, which the Celtics just blow the roof off of the Lakers. Um, they win that one easily by 40 points. Um, again, Celtics are led by, uh, Allen and Garnett. They each put up 26 in that game. Um, Garnett goes for the double, double there. Uh, we did, we did forget something important in this series. The injury, the heavy air quotes injury, the injury that was not the Paul Pierce poop, the poop story. Yeah. I mean, he, he said that as a joke. I know he did, Yeah. but I think it's the most, I think if you uh, use Occam's razor to determine <laughs> the simplest outcome, it's gotta be that right. Cause he, he whole like. Acts like he got murdered, not just to draw the foul. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he has the training staff comes out. He tells him he's really hurt. He needs a wheelchair, and then like three minutes later, he runs back down the tunnel. Yeah, not hurt. Crazy. He could have just had a really bad cramp and didn't know what it was. The cramp See, is a possibility. He's holding his knee. Right. So one of those classic this knee just, cramps. This 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 is tough for me. So as I had said before, I am when it comes to the NBA, like the Celtics are my team. The reason that they are my team is just from when I was younger. I've always loved them. Pretty much by the like when Paul Pierce got there. Paul Pierce is like I know this is gonna probably hurt you a little bit, but Paul Pierce is like my fa- was had like growing up was my favorite player in the NBA, hands down. Well, I know you don't like that. See, if you would have said Rondo, no, God no. Um, Paul Pierce though was my favorite player in the league. I like them going back to like Anton Antoine Walker, like the first. Antoine Walker ruled. He was awesome. Yeah. Um, the first go around with him. But he also him. didn't rule. Yeah. Uh, that was his problem. Indeed it was. But, um, so, you know, by the time this this comes around and you get to, I, where were, I forgot where we were even going with this, but I was just. Paul Pierce pooping. Right, Paul Pierce pooping. Yeah. Um, so, by the time you get to this point, though, I, I mean, you know, just this big three team and the hype that came around them, I mean, this really was the thing that started, like, superstars teaming up. Like, I guess, like, in the modern NBA. Um in this way where you're getting three guys like this in terms of what we saw with the heat. And then of course, later then with the warriors as well. Um, and, and so the hype going into this whole series is huge. And Paul Pierce, again, has a stellar series up until this point. And then you're, you know, in the game or you're in a huge moment in this series and he goes down and everybody, cause this was in the garden too, in yeah. the TD garden. And so everyone's silent. Like I remember watching that game and literally like I was on the verge of tears, like just, ruined if he was not going to be able to come back and then he comes back out and like that moment where like the camera goes to him and he's like jogging like down the hallway just straight up euphoria and he comes back in and i'm if i'm not mistaken just starts like banging threes um he had a couple of pretty clutch ones. i'm forgetting what game was it was that in game four was that the comeback Uh, game that's a good question i thought it was i thought it was six maybe it was six um but but we gotta think here. That's is that what your guess is? What do you mean? That he had to poop? No, I really don't think it is. I would say. I mean, maybe it was. I, I'd like to think that it was just like a a, a cramp, like a really bad cramp. It was game one. It was game That's one that right. that happened. Yeah. They also came back in game one. Uh, but yeah, Pierce. 
I don't know. I mean, that's very weird. What else would take that quick that you were just like, oh, unless he's being a huge baby. He probably had to just go to the bathroom. I'm not going to lie. I think right. I just like romanticize it in my mind because I'm like, no, something was wrong. But he probably did just have to take a shit. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, yeah. And so... Uh, the other thing with this team... The wheelchair, I can't even get they over They were that. tied for the worst record in the NBA the year before. Mm -hmm. Paul Pierce missed most of the year. Yeah. Uh, they kind of tanked because it was the Durant-Odin draft, and they missed out. They didn't get either of them. So they traded their draft pick. And Al Jefferson, who was yep. a good young prospect at the time. No, hold on. They didn't know. They traded their draft pick to get and a package to get Ray Allen. Then everyone's like, so what the hell? You're just going to have this team that's like, what, maybe make the playoffs in the East? You know, because no one knew how good Rondo was going to be or anything like that yet. And then they traded for KG in like August, I want to say. And then everybody that's, was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, they traded L. Jefferson for KD and other pieces. I have to say, it wasn't a good trade in Minnesota. Uh, and KG finally gets, you know, to play with a real, like, team around him. And I, know, I think things went pretty well. Although they didn't win another title, but, you know, Rondo... That was the other big thing. Rondo went from like random guy who wasn't that highly thought of to this guy elite really good. point guard, like yeah. passing point guard, like the way that he was able to distribute the ball. Was yeah, good. and then eventually he was the best player in the team. Yeah, at in one point, twelve. Yep, yep. So. But yeah, um, man, that's interesting. I you do forget about that though. Um, with with them just being so painfully bad because Pierce missed, I think, almost two months in oh six oh seven, um, leading up to that, and then. Yeah, they just completely turned it around. And then what's funny is that uh, the pick that Boston traded, I believe, was they it was ended up being used on Jeff Green, and then he never ended up playing a game for them. But then Jeff Green ends up coming to the Celtics years later and ended up playing for them. Yeah, the Jeff Green pick somehow went to like to OKC. Right. Yeah, that was weird. And they traded Kendrick Perkins to get him. Craziness. Yeah, man, those guys both sucked. Anyway, uh, the next year is 2016. It's our number three. 2016. Yeah. All right, Just so recently, it was lit. It was very lit. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I might have some disputes with you, but so of course 2016. I mean, LeBron goes back to Cleveland and gets them their final. Unbelievable story that we will get to, and then, and the NHL, um, Pittsburgh. They somehow resurrect, and uh, Phil Kessel gets his first cup. The second half of that year, uh, when they fire Mike Johnson and go with the superior Mike, Mike Sullivan. Mike Sullivan, of course. Uh, it changed everything. So they was just like Mike Sullivan came in to the super talented team that was out of a playoff spot and was like, okay, what if we just let our good players do what they're good at? And it worked. All of a sudden, they went crazy hot, like St. Louis this year, but way more talented. Mm -hmm. But that flipped the narrative of the way we think about this Penguins era, because... They were they were on a track. We were just talking about 08, and they did surprisingly well. They win the Cup in 09. In 10, they make the second round and lose to Halak, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this shit happens. You know? 11, that's when Crosby gets hurt. He was a freak that year, though. I will say that about Halak. Yeah, he's wild. Yeah. Yeah. That was a crazy thing. All right, anyways, yeah. though, sorry. Pretty weird. He wore assless chaps under the ice all the time. Yeah, weird. weird. Definitely weird. weird choice. I think that's why they lost the conference finals. He got a little cold. Probably. But, in, so the next, the next year, Crosby gets hurt. And he was basically hurt for two straight years. Malcolm was also kind of hurt that year. They lose. They blow leads in the first round this time. They lose Andrea. to Tampa. And then 12, they come back, and it's that insane Philadelphia series where everyone every game was like 12 to 9, and everyone could beat the shit out of each other. Right. And then the following year is they get to the conference finals and just get smacked by Boston. And then 
14. They lose in the second round. They run into Lundquist this time. Who was just out of his mind that entire yeah. playoffs. But that's when <clears throat> Bilesma gets fired. Mm-hmm. And now I'm losing that. Uh, Ray Shero. Right. Yeah, he gets fired too. Mm-hmm. So they're both gone in it. They hire Mike Johnson. They hire... Jason Rutherford. Jim Rutherford. No, 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 no. Botterill wasn't... They did, they he did was already there, that. wasn't he? Uh, maybe. I think he was he already... He was the key to everything. That's why they're sucking down. I know, man. But Rutherford and... They screw up kind of at first because in 2015 they they just kind of suck and they lose in the first round in five games and then like I said they get to that point they, they trade for Phil Kessel and he does nothing and then all of a sudden he goes off and the playoffs happen and then all of a sudden it's like oh my god Phil Kessel is the best player on the team yeah. it's going to win the cup <laughs> Phil Kessel scored like ten or twelve goals in the playoffs Crosby was really good Matt Murray was another story he was a rookie unbelievable because a lot of their playoff failure was tied to how bad Mark Andre Fleury was in the right. playoffs. Right. Even though he's been and he suffered a since. concussion though, so it wasn't even like he was, yeah. was supposed oh, to play. Yeah, yeah. Murray takes over. Uh, he's he plays even fewer games than Bennington in the regular season. They win the cup against San Jose, who we mentioned before. San Jose left for dead, mm-hmm. and then they're like, you know what? What if we don't put John Scott in our lineup? What if we get rid of Mike Brown and just let's go for it again a different way this time? And they're really talented, and a lot of their guys were getting older. They were a young team: Vlasic, mm-hmm. Burns, uh, Pavelski, Thornton, Marlowe. And then Logan Couture went off in the playoffs. Yep. Got more than 30 points. Uh, noted Bills fan. Uh, he he was incredible throughout they beat when they beat St. Louis in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they won in the second round. They were incredible. So that was a really cool – those are two dual cool stories at the same time. Although the cup, eh, it was yeah. fine. Fine, six games. It was only six, yeah. Yeah. Nothing crazy happened. No, no crazy ending. Crosby scored that – Crosby won that faceoff that set up – winning goal and I think overtime in game three or four something like one that one of the two and then Couture said Crosby cheats on faceoffs or something like that that was pretty much classic it. I forgot about moments. that alright well let's talk about the NBA then so that one that, holy shit that was honest to god I could probably I would really really have to think about it to think of something else but if you had to ask me off the top of my head what is the greatest series or finals of any sport I've ever seen like I'd have a hard time picking something other than that one. Ooh, I disagree. Really? It's not that great of a series in terms of basketball. The moments, though, in it, I mean, I mean like that's the mo- one of the most memorable for me, at least. It's I mean, there's just I so much. It surrounds the series. More yeah, because I mean, that's a huge part of it. Best, it's the story. I think, as far as basketball series and what you get out of it, if you just say, "I want," like, what did we get out of this series? I think number one of this decade was 2013. Number two was this year, and number three was 2016. Okay. Because there's so many bad games in that series. But the, I, I just, you know what? But the thing is, is, like, I do remember 2013, and, like, that was pr- the best basketball. But, like, for me, I just think about it from, like, the perspective of, like, what do I remember most? And they're just, you have so much you can go through with that. I mean, the block on Draymond. Kyrie's shot, like, the... the block on Iguodala. The, or Iguodala, I mean. Yeah. Um, I, Kyrie's shot, I literally was like speech. Like I was, Your boy. I, I lost my mind. Not my boy. Kemba Walker is now my boy. Everybody. Yeah. Team Kemba always. Um, I, I, we'll talk about that another time because I I have some thoughts on that. But um, I, I mean that's the thing is just like it is just in in of course LeBron like bringing home the championship for Cleveland and essentially just like losing his mind and crying and everything. It was it was unbelievable. Like all the yeah. storylines surrounding that. It was actually um, right after Believe Land came out the 30 for 30. 
about how Cleveland sucks and never wins anything. Right, exactly. It then, came out, like, literally a month before that, and then they won the title. Awesome. Unbelievable. Um, go ahead, so what do you... What you uh, so, that was... So, obviously, that has the angle where Cleveland didn't win a title of any kind for 52 years, I want to mm-hmm. say, 52? Yeah. Uh, and the Cavs have never won a title, and the Cavs are a very bad franchise. The Indians, kind of a bad franchise, outside of completing success in our lifetime. The Browns, need I no say bueno. more? Their hockey team moved. Very sad city. We can relate. Yeah. So, but they, after they lost LeBron... Did exactly jack shit for four years. Mm-hmm. They tried. They really actually. They didn't just wait around for LeBron like some people think. They draft Kyrie, and then they don't do a lot, whole lot else that is good. They draft Bennett, who's terrible. They draft Wiggins, who they had to trade immediately to get Love, who actually isn't that good anyway. But they all the things they tried to do just failed. Mm-hmm. Everything didn't go well. So LeBron's like, let me get this. He comes back, teams up with Kyrie, Kevin Love, but then like at the same time, the Warriors get like amazing, and. Kyrie, the first year, gets hurt. Love gets hurt. LeBron goes down swinging in 2015. And in 2016, the Warriors get even better, win 73 games. And when you're going through that season, uh, they fire uh, David Blatt to bring in Ty Lue. Mm-hmm. And they had a not great streak in the, like, the February-March area. And it's kind of like, man, they almost lost their one seed to, to the Raptors. And everyone was just like, is this going to happen for them? Is this going to happen for Cleveland? Because the East was kind of not great at that point because everyone knew the Raptors weren't really going to stand up to them or no one believed in the mm-hmm. Raptors to do that. And the teams after the Raptors, it was kind of like shrug. We didn't know what to think. Right. The Bulls by that point had fallen off. There's no one really to stand up to them because the Celtics weren't that good yet. So it's like, is this going to be really a team that just goes to the finals and gets slaughtered by the West Western Conference team every year? Mm-hmm. And as it goes through the playoffs, they were they got hot. They won their first eight games. I think they won their first ten playoff games. And then the Raptors beat him twice, tie the series at two in the conference finals. And this is, I think, why they won the finals. LeBron was asked about being in a tough situation, tied to two, having lost twice in a row, going home. And he goes, listen, I've been in a lot of tough situations. This isn't one of them. And then they Unreal. blow out the Raptors two straight games. Unbelievable. The Warriors, meanwhile, had a, Steph Curry gotten hurt in the first round. You know, he was still hobbled. Mm-hmm. They had a ton of trouble with OKC. Barely, barely, barely got by OKC. Right. Uh, who I think OKC would actually beat the Cavs pretty handily that year but the Warriors get to the finals and game one and two look like what you would expect they blow them away mm-hmm. game, and it doesn't look competitive in either game and then weird they go back to Cleveland in game three is weirdly not competitive the other way the Cavs blow them out mm-hmm. so it's kind of a weird series but at game four which is actually one of the two good games this series is important so this is rewinding back to the OKC series and in general Draymond Green He's a huge shithead. He's caused a lot of trouble. Yeah. And he'd been having some trouble, you know, kicking men in the genitals. And he, yeah. he full-on, like, just kicked Stephen Adams in the conference finals so hard in the groin and so on purpose. The NBA didn't suspend him, though, for game six or seven, I think it was, and said, hey, this is a warning. Do not touch anyone else's junk. Don't do it. And what does he do? Game four. They're winning. They're about to go 3-1 in the series. They're playing awesome. And they're like they're gonna take control in this in this really hard fought game in Cleveland. They're gonna go home with a three one lead, uh, and LeBron steps over him to go to Minda, punching LeBron right in the balls. He's suspended for game five. Now game five is at Oracle. There's no reason the Warriors should lose this. They barely lost any games in Oracle the entire regular season. And in fact, in the last two years, they barely lost any. Right. So why would they lose? Well, they don't have Draymond. He's watching across the street in a baseball stadium with Marshawn Lynch for some reason. And 
why... Boga gets hurt, too, in this game. Boga gets hurt. And they're winning, and then the Cavs just kind of get hot at the end, and Kyrie and LeBron both go off. And it's like, oh, well, this is getting... I remember people tweeting, like, well, they're going back to Cleveland. Can you imagine if they had Game 7 in Oracle? And I was like, well, they really should win in Cleveland still. They'll have Draymond back. Mm-hmm. They're the better team. And I think they've just gotten their head just And Draymond went off, too. Draymond came back and yeah. led the team in points, assists, and rebounds in that game. In six? 35, 12, and 9. Wasn't that 7? Or 7, I mean. Excuse me. Excuse oh, me. No. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. So sorry. 6, though, they get blown out. Right. It, it, it makes no... It's just, yeah, they lose by 14 in game 6. That's the yeah. craziest one. Because they're on the road, obviously. but And they, they go down by 20 in the first half, I believe. Which... Everyone's like, you know, what the hell? Seth Curry yeah. his mouth guard. They start to get frustrated. And LeBron and Kyrie go off again. He scored, then, LeBron scores 18 to end the third quarter in that game. That's not bad. That is craziness. 18 straight, I'm saying, for Cleveland. Like, 18 consecutive points for Cleveland in the third. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. And then game seven happens. And, and Steph falls out of that game, too. Yes, and this one he throws his mouth yep, guard. Yep, the mouth guard, yeah. Game seven. Craziness. Low-scoring game. Draymond plays better than anyone. On, probably on both teams, but LeBron is also incredible. And it just stays close throughout the... And then, for the last six minutes of the game, it's on Father's Day, too. Mm-hmm. Last six minutes, pretty much no one scores. It's an entire half a quarter where everyone just... It's a, it's a rock fight. No one can do anything. Uh, and then, finally, they have... Uh, the Warriors are two-on-one. They're going to score easily. Curry passes to Iguodala, goes up, and LeBron floats from, like, 40 feet away. Mm-hmm. Blocks it. Midair. Yeah, I should rephrase what I said before my prior thing. I think it's not so much the ser- it's really like game seven of this series. Yes. It's the best, yes. like the best of sporting event I've ever watched. The series itself, because you're it's right, legacy it was it was the series was every game was essentially like blowouts. Like there really wasn't any like nail biter moments. I mean, of course, there's a lot of drama involved, um, but it, it's really it comes down to game seven at the end of the day because like everything I mentioned about what I loved about the series happened in game seven pretty much. Yeah, well, yeah, everything you mentioned. <laughs> um, and then Kyrie goes down, hits a three in Curry's face. Mm-hmm. And so he has his big three. And then the other member of the big three, Kevin Love, much maligned, has his moment. Yep. When they go down the other end, looking to tie, and Curry can't get open because Love's guarding him too well. Yeah, Love leads the team in rebounds that night, too. What Huge. He makes his money on, pretty much. Yeah. So basically that game, it, it changes LeBron's... The way people think about LeBron, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. because it eliminates the point where you can sound reasonable criticizing him as being like a choker or it didn't do enough or, hey, he's nowhere near MJ. That's the moment where he puts himself in that conversation forever, and it probably calls the most internet jokes of all time, right? Yeah. The blown 3-1. Of course, the 3-1 lead. lead. I mean, it's unreal. Because the Cubs uh, came back on the Indians that same year. The Indians, the same team, or the same city, they make the World Series and have a 3-1 lead and blow it. And no one talks about that being like karma or things evened out in the universe or whatever mm-hmm. balance. just happened. And then someone else blew a 3-1 lead in the presidential election. I don't want to talk about that. Why you got to say that? <laughs> um, yeah, that was – that kind of capped off like a crazy year because then the Oscars thing happened with La La Land in that February. It was a wild year that year. Yeah, a lot of wild stuff. Um, uh, so we want to move on then? Yeah, let's move on. There were two stories. 13. All right, so in 2013, we have uh, the Miami Heat winning their final title, title together as the Big Three over San Antonio uh, in a seven-game series, which 
hell of a series. Uh, and then in the NHL, we have the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Bruins in six games. Yeah, let's talk about that one first. Go for it. Again, super talented teams. The Blackhawks are in their second cup. Yep. They have, you know, Kane, Hayes, Keith, Seabrook. They have an insane team. Pat Sharp, uh, Corey Crawford, the whole team. And they had that crazy win streak to start the, the regular season or the streak without losing. Mm-hmm. And overtime losses. They didn't lose in regulation for 24 games. They won the President's Trophy. They're the best team all year. On the other side, Boston. Talented. So yeah. like they are now. Those guys are more in their prime. Rask, Chara, Bergeron, Krejci. Yager. Uh, Yager, oh my god, yeah. Yep. They had still had Sagan. Boychuk was there, yep. Yes. Sagan. Sagan um, was not, uh, he did not have a good playoffs. He wasn't so Sagan was, yet. Yeah, Lucic, you have young Tori Krug there. Um, Marchand. Yeah, Marchand too, Jesus, yeah. Yeah, and all their, their, even though like their fourth line guys and their third pairing defensemen are like, that was a deep team. Everyone on that team was pretty good at They only team. had four guys on that team who hadn't been to a Stanley Cup already. Really? Four guys. Soderberg, Tori Krug, Anton Hudobin, and uh, Kasper's Gavins. Yeah, none of those guys were that important that year. Nope. Everyone else, though, was... I mean, they made it in 2011, and it was the majority of the team was the same. Right. Um, but you still had a couple of guys who had been there for, for, who were in like their third cup as well. That team kind of kicked ass, too, after after they almost lost to the Leafs. The, it was 4-1. Right. Game 7. The Leafs were not good. But they beat him, so mm-hmm. they, it happened. They got by him, and then they kind of they were up two one in the cup. And they in game one was a triple overtime game against the Black. The Blackhawks ended mm-hmm. up winning. It was like some random rookie whose name I don't remember ended up scoring in that one. And then the Bruins win two in a row, so it's like, well, they really could be up three zero. And then the Blackhawks just kind of came for him, and like they scored several. I forgot how much what the total was, but a ton of goals with Chara on the ice. Like their four check was like unbelievable. Yeah for the last three games of the series. But I think game four was like this crazy high scoring, like six to five game. And game five was like similar to that. And then game six, the Bruins are winning. With 17, uh, not 17 seconds. Yeah. But it was about a minute left. And two, two goals in 17 seconds. Who could forget? And it was just crazy flip because it was like, oh, we're going overtime to, oh my God, the Blackhawks are going to win the Stanley Cup within 17 seconds of game Yeah. yeah. It, it was crazy. I mean... Yeah, that's Chicago. I mean, you know, Chicago really... That was their best team. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, yeah. exactly what I was going to say is, you know, that was kind of the moment where they... I mean, of course, they had another cup win coming, but they really kind of cemented themselves then. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you had... Obviously, they had the star power on that team, but even beyond that, though, I mean, they had a lot of really good complementary players, um, you know, from, like, young Brandon Saad, young Andrew Shaw, um, Nick Letty's on that team. Again, like I said... Uh, you know, who else do they have? Yarmelson's there. He's That's still relatively early yeah. in his career. Hosa's um, like the best defensive winger in the NHL at that point. Yep. It, I mean, they were solid. Yeah, Brian Bickle, who filled in for them pretty he nicely. Great, he had a great yeah. playoffs. They got him a big contract. Yep. Uh, did he have one of the goals? One of the goals was like Boland. Uh, Boland had one of the big ones too. Shaw was the one who had the triple overtime winner. No, I was going to say this, the two goals in 17 seconds. I think Bull, yeah, yeah, Bull yeah, yeah. the second one. I don't remember who had the first one. But anyway, uh, yes, great series. We want to break in here right now with some breaking news. Oh, yeah, what happened? Bad news, sad news. Uh-oh. Jared Lorenzen died. He who? Was 38. Jared Lorenzen, hefty lefty. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my God, what happened? I don't know. It's uh, multiple people saying it. Uh, 
she, his mom says it was after a long, hard fight, so I don't know if he was sick. I know he had weight issues, but his family says they're respecting their privacy. Uh -huh. So, yeah, very sad. Very sad. One of the best nicknames in sports history. Mm -hmm. Great character from uh, early alts college football. Definitely. Yeah. Well, all right, moving on, though. Let's get over uh, to the yeah. NBA, then. That final's incredible. Obviously. Every game. The Spurs are a team we know at that point. The Heat are defending champions. Yeah, game one is incredible. Game one is a crazy Tony Parker uh, game-winning shot. Yep. Uh, game two uh, is the, the Heat going. Heat open it up. Heat had a crazy run to start the fourth quarter, mostly driven by LeBron. Still an evenly played game besides that. Uh, game three, uh, Danny Green goes off. San Antonio sets the NBA Finals record for the most three-pointers in one game at that point. Yeah. Yeah, oh. 16, I believe, right? Danny Green, Danny Green had the record for most threes in the Finals by game five. So that was like, oh my god, how are we going to deal with this Danny Green guy? Yeah, 7 of 9. He was 7 of 9 from behind the arc. Hey, that's Unreal. not bad. But uh, Game 4, D. Wade, who had been played like shit for like a month at that point, came came out and mm -hmm. had, had an incredible game. Like Vincent's D. Wade performance. That was awesome. Again, game 5 was an insane blowout by like 40 points, I want to say. Ga game 5? Yes. No, no, no. Game 5 was only a 10-point win for the Spurs. Really? Was it Game 3? Game, game 3 is the one that's the blowout. That one was 113 to 77. Yes, okay, I got those mixed up. Yeah, yeah Game 5 is another game where game, Danny yeah. Green goes off. He put threes. up 24, yep. And uh, Game 6. Overtime. Game 6? Yep. One of the best games in sports history? I would Unreal. say, in my opinion, which is, who cares about my opinion? Better than Game 7. I care about it. Some people, I guess, hope you, hope you guys care. I just think it's, it's kind of forgotten history. That game, uh, early on, Duncan starts going off, and that's a... Scary thing for the Heat because Duncan secretly has incredible, incredible closeout performances mm -hmm. in the finals. Every time he's won a finals, at this point he hadn't lost one yet. So he's he's coming out. He's out, he outscores LeBron like thirty to seven in the first. Like he goes off. He has so many points. Uh, and then the, but the Heat kind of stay in it with some random threes from like Mario Chalmers and guys. And LeBron's nowhere. And then like the third quarter, LeBron gets his headband knocked off near the end of the third quarter, and things are looking dire. And then he goes off without his headband, mm -hmm. and they take the lead again. And then the Spurs take the lead, and LeBron almost like shifts the finals away with these weird turnovers. And then last couple minutes, they're up five. Mm -hmm. uh, LeBron hits a three, missed field goals. I think Manu missed a field goal, and Kawhi missed a field goal. Kawhi missed the second field goal to keep it within three. They take Duncan off the court with the shot clock off Yep. for, uh, I guess, more versatile defense. And then LeBron misses a three, mm -hmm. rebound. Pops over to Ray Allen. Bosch pops it over to him. Money. Backs up. Shot. Make it. The, um, Manu, I think Manu, was either Manu or Parker either had a shot to win the game. And gets fouled like crazy. Uh, at, at, the, at, the, at the buzzer. At the end of the game in game yeah. six. That was Danny Green. Oh, was it Green? Yeah, he gets fouled. Yeah. And then it goes, it was always overtime and then the Heat win. And then game seven, well, I watched with our, our good friend Mike Drebot, his team Spurs fan. Oh, Mike. The Spurs were actually winning. For most of that game. It was and a close then, game. Yeah, and then LeBron went off again. He had like 37. 37 and 12 that game. Pretty good. Shooting from beyond the Pretty arc. Pretty good. Yeah, he's incredible. And then at the end, uh, Duncan has a chance to, I think, tie it. And he misses a bunny. Like a show he's probably made like 12,000 times in his career. Mm -hmm. Misses it. They go back down, and I think LeBron or Battier hit a three. Goes up like five, and then that's kind of it. Right. And look, that's, that was another crazy four finals for LeBron. Because uh, like he's back to back champion, he's legit. This is important. He beat the Spurs. He stood right up to the Spurs in this incredible, memorable series. 
And then the Spurs obviously come back the next year and get their revenge. Craziness. Yeah. It was it was an insane series. Like, I, I, literally every game was awesome except for, I mean, because the one game that you would say, oh, this is a blowout, there's nothing going on, was, oh my God, is Danny Green going to put the right. record for threes? So that has that weird thing going on. Yeah, it was a great series, though. All Like you said, that's just one where, like, every single game was kind of like an edge-of-your-seat kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely a better series. That I don't know if... Uh, yeah, it's close with that Game 7 from the Golden State-Cleveland one. But, I mean, this is just... I, I think it's more of, like, a recency bias at that point. I just think that that one's more... I, I remember it hey, more... Hey, a crazy thing? Give it me. 2016 is closer to 2013 than it is to right now in terms of those finals games. Ooh. I don't like. I don't like. Move on. <laughs> All right. 2011. 2011. Numero uno. That's number one. All right. Give it to me. We have, uh, well, for one, we have the Dallas Mavericks beating the Heat in their first finals appearance with LeBron, uh, four to two. And then in the NHL, I cannot believe that you actually are ranking a Boston Bruins Stanley Cup win as number one. But here we are over oh, Vancouver. Man. It pains me to say this. Which was a great series. It was Max a great Keller, series. Man, it pains me to say this. That's my Stephen A. Smith impression. Nice. Don't I sound just like him? You do. Uh, so, which one do we want to start with? Uh, let's do NBA first. Okay, so that was important because unlike 2012 and 2013, I had a brief period, which I think we mostly all did, where I hated LeBron. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and then right before that, he'd beaten my beloved Chicago Bulls. Beat their ass. So in you the super hated them. In five games. So I was very upset because I thought they were going to win the one seed Chicago Bulls. And meanwhile, the Thunder... Or not the Thunder, the, the Mavericks, had this charmed run. They're old. They're like these NHL teams we're talking mm-hmm. about. We thought they were done. They're the three seed. The Thunder are there now. The Spurs are good again. Like, there's no way they matter. And guess what? Unbelievable. Yeah, like, they beat, and the Lakers are still good at that point, too. They beat the Trailblazers. They beat the Lakers. They're not favored in any of these series. They, they sweep the Lakers. They beat the Lakers by a million points in game, uh, game four. They get to the conference finals. They beat the Thunder who people think are going to beat them at that point. And then they get to the finals, and they I think they got beat bad in game one, and they're down big in game two, and Wade hits a three and looks at their bench and like does something. I forgot what it was. Kind of laughs at him, shakes mm-hmm. in front of the bench. And then they go off on this crazy run. They win the game, and it was like, oh, man, could this team compete? And it's one of the early pros of something we don't really think about now, but they were one of the first teams that couldn't wasn't super athletic in the way we think of basketball teams now mm-hmm. and didn't have got uh, drive to the rim well. Definitely not. That way, but they could shoot. Yeah, and they could win because of that. So that was huge. And then they were a really, really interesting team, like that Mavs team. Yeah, and that was it. Was very interesting. And then LeBron kind of melted down uh, in that series. He had a game where he had seven points. He was terrible in fourth quarters the entire series. And then game game six happens. I watched it at your house. Yes, this is true. Dirk didn't even have to go off. He had that had this incredible playoffs that kind of defined him as you know as a player. Jason Terry was the guy that game. Yeah, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, uh, like it was a, it was like by uh, committee. Like Brian Cardinal had like a huge defensive game. I think he had a three. JJ Barea, like all these guys, it was unbelievable. Wow, Mike Bibby was on that Heat team. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was old. That was probably not good that he very, was playing as much as he did. Very, very old, yeah. Um, well, Wade was really the guy for the Heat in that finals, and that mm-hmm. was his last hurrah, really. And they, LeBron does not have a good game six. The Mavs win, and it's it's kind of an incredible it's an incredible thing. It's They have not won a playoff series since. Right. Yeah, so things kind of fall apart there. I feel like that Mavs team, when I look at that roster, it's just like a bunch of guys where when you put them together, it's just kind of like 
with the exception of Dirk. If you took Dirk off of this team, you look at that roster and you're kind of like, this is it. Like, yeah, because it's it's just like a bunch of guys. I mean, like JJ Barea, obviously some of their parts. Jason, yeah, exactly. Um, well, here's I mean, Tyson Chandler and Karan Butler was hurt too, wasn't he? He yes. was their starting small forward. And Page barely played in the playoffs. Page is sorry. Wow. So, the selling point in that team, though, is you have Dirk, who's one of the best players ever playing, the best he ever has. You have the best defensive center in the league in Tyson Chandler, mm-hmm. who at that point, people probably didn't realize, was like a top 20 player in the league. You have Sean Marion, who's a crazy good defender, versatile on offense. Yep. You have Jason Kidd, who's still a good defender at the point and can still pass well. And shoot, he shot better than he did. Jason Terry, guy. too. And Jason Terry, who was pretty good. And then you had a couple of these bench players that knew Corey what Corey Brewer, was. younger guy at the time, right? He was pretty young yeah. then, wasn't I met he? Him. Did Oh, yeah, you did when you went to your Oklahoma City yeah, trip. Yeah, I saw him at a museum. Nice. Yeah, he's tall. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, he's he's decently young at that point, I guess. But, yeah, that was it was a uh, – no one expected that. That's the biggest – a huge upset. Uh, and then – I'm moving on to hockey. No, I wasn't happy about this. But this was probably the craziest Stanley Cup of our lifetime. Not probably, it was. Oh, Roboito. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. Because I think it's game one where Aaron Rome absolutely rocked Nathan Horton and got suspended for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Destroy, kind of ruined Nathan Horton's career. Um, <sighs> yeah, of, that's true. No, yeah, but issue. still, the, it was bad. the head stuff wasn't good, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then you have... You have a lot of fights because of that. And then you have the first two games where the Canucks win on weird, ridiculous things. I'm forgetting one, but one was like uh, the goalie get, got out of the net. Uh, Tim Thomas got out of the net. Do you remember that? Something like, like that, five yeah. Seconds yeah. Overtime. That was game two. He like got out of the net and got behind the net and immediately gave the puck away and scored. And game one, I forgot how game one ended, but it was something weirdly like that. And I was like, oh man, I guess the Canucks are going to win right. the Cup. And then game three... The Bruins win 8 nothing. I want to say. Something like that. 8-1. Eight, 8-1. One. Eight, one. Yeah. Blow Liberto Longo out of the water. I think he got like bent. Biggest goal differential in Stanley Cup Finals history, or Stanley Cup Finals since 1996 at that point. And yeah, then they replaced the Longo after that game with Corey Schneider the rest of the way. Did he even play after that at all? I did he want, maybe he did go back. I thought there was one game where Schneider played. Because uh, I think Schneider lost. Or no. No, because did the Canucks go up 3-1? No, they didn't. I think the, the Bruins tied it 2-2 and then it was 3-2. Yeah, didn't, but Luongo got replaced in two straight games then, I'm pretty sure, because I think he did in game four as well. That sounds right. Yeah, Luongo only stopped 16 to 24 shots and was replaced by Schneider after giving up the fourth Boston goal, which was in the third period. Okay, and that that was game four. That was game four. And then game five, uh, they win. Luongo comes back, 31 saves in that one. Um, Yeah, they win that one. Uh, And then... Game six, Boston takes that one five to two. Um, That's another. Mason Raymond ends up like breaking his spine. Yeah, fractured vertebrae um, when he was hit by Johnny Boychuk. Uh, And so then, moving on to that, then we come to Game Seven, in which Boston just. I think this was the night after the Game Six of the NBA Finals. It was right around there, but anyway. Uh, that was, it was dominant. It was kind of like the finals this year. Three days after. Three days after. Uh, and I, well, the one thing I remember is like Marshawn, like punching one of the Sedins in the face like twice and him not to, cause the Sedins are good guys. Right. It just felt so wrong. Like that the, the Bruins were able to do what they did. Yeah. And that was sad. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It was, it was a shitty team. Like Lucic, Lu- 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 we talked about this team already, but like Lucic, Sean Thornton, 
it was a deep and good team, but like there's these guys, and obviously Marshan, they're just pieces of shit. Right. And Marshan's not. I, this is probably hot take. He's not as bad as those guys. Sean Thornton tried to kill someone. Yeah, Sean. Luchich is no. a, a world class scumbag. I would put Marshan over Thornton because he's also just like better at hockey than both of them too. Oh, absolutely. Like Marshan's a villain. He's a heel. So you're supposed to hate him, right? But I don't think he's a terrible person. He's kind of a baby. Yeah, definitely like. a baby. But the, those guys are scumbags. He is a baby, but he is not baby. He's absolutely not baby. You know who's baby? Linus, Moose. I was gonna. Well, multiple people are baby in this sense. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Rasmus Dahlin is baby. Rasmus Dahlin is definitely baby. Yeah. Yes. Linus is also baby though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is true. Just in terms of their relationship as cats. That is true. Moose is definitely not baby. Moose is baby because he's just like. You know, baby, to me, but in terms of their relationship, Linus's baby. These are my cats we're talking about. Sorry. Yes. Anyways. They've made multiple appearances. They have. Several times. Um, yeah, so, uh, that was pretty much it. And then Vancouver tried to burn their city down. And yeah, a, not good. Yeah, there's a great photo of two people just, like, kind of, like, making out hardcore on the ground in front of all the wreckage, and it's very cool. It's a very cool photo. Yeah, weird, but Two cool. extremely cool people. Yeah, for sure. Um, wow, so we did it. All right. Uh, any last thoughts on, on any of this? I mean, any of the series we discussed or anything like that? Uh, hopefully one of these series someday will involve a team I like. <sighs> Pro Sabres. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do we want to do? Let's Rick's do Rick's pick. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, so I'll go first for my Rick's pick, uh, which, uh, just came out yesterday, actually. Ooh. I went and saw Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man? Um, Where'd you see it? How at- far away? Uh, you know our usual theater, baby. Ah, uh, good joke. Yeah. Ah, right? uh, yeah. it was yeah. it was not far from home, but it, no, it's, it's not that far away. That was good, um, but also really terrible at the same time. Uh, no, but the movie itself though was awesome. If you are a Marvel fan, um, it, go see it right now. The movie itself is like, if you are familiar at all with like the comics and everything, and with like Mysterio. Um, you know, you'll kind of know what's coming a little bit. You could kind of sense it anyways. But regardless of that, it's an extremely entertaining movie. Tons of really good humor in it. Awesome soundtrack. Um, Tom Holland was absolutely killer. Very satisfying ending. However, there are two post-credit scenes that, like, the closure that you feel at the end of Endgame and then at the, really, like, the, the main ending of this movie, um, completely go out the window with the post-credit scenes. Mm. The post-credit scenes... Just like fuck everything up, both in terms of things relating to directly to Spider Man, but also things related to Shield. And it kind of like throws you for a loop. More so, Spider Man is like the one crazy one, but Shield, something very, very interesting happens at the end involving Nick Fury. Um, and the Spider-Man thing is just kind of crazy. So you need to see the movie so that we could talk about it because I have lots of thoughts on it, but, um, definitely my Rick's pick for, uh, well, one of them, at least for this week is Spider-Man Far From Home. What do you got? Just, I should say quick, in terms of the Avengers universe, Tom Holland is baby. Tom Holland is baby. Absolutely. Um, Sydney, my, Sydney can attest. Tom Holland is baby. Yes. Um, all right. What do you got? Uh, my Rick's pick, I have two, Give both me. you can watch on Netflix. One is a short uh, comedy series called I Think You Should Leave, uh, Tim Robbins. Dude, I have been wanting to watch that forever, and we just have not gotten to yet. Is it, like, as good as it's been chalked up to uh, be? It's amazing. <sighs> I think a lot of, some of the sketches are SNL sketches that got turned down, and you can see why SNL is the way it is now. Because? Because they're turning down stuff like that. Like, if you remember, I would I would compare like the entire show to do you remember the Kevin Roberts sketch from like, yeah. three years ago on SNL? Right. Everything is like that paper. 
that kind of thing, basically. Really? Not exactly like that, but that kind of humor. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, it's only like two hours it. total. It's like six episodes that are like twenty minutes each. Oh, each really? Okay, it's so it's a short. short. Very doable. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. It has all like it's it's incredible. It's the funniest thing I've seen in years. Really? Yeah, I loved it. That's it's, impressive. It's so weird. Everything about it's weird. It's high uh, praise. <laughs> yeah, one of the good SNL things, of course, because uh, he's in it. Andy Samberg is in it. Yeah, he's one of the co-producers, and he's in at least I think. He's oh yeah, you know what? The Lonely Island always posts about that on their Instagram, yeah. so that makes sense then. Uh, anyway, if you if you haven't seen it yet, anyone out there, and you've seen someone say something like "You have no good car ideas," or they want a good steering wheel that doesn't whiff out of the window when they drive, you need to watch this so you know what they're talking about. Well, why you need to watch it? Uh, and then my other one is the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience. Didn't we talk about this in the last episode? Did we? I think this did was we do one Rick's picks. I'm pretty sure we finished with Rick's picks last, or we talked about it at least, because I think that one of, I, I did we not pick, I thought that that, one of us picked it last time, because I remember talking about it, because it was absolutely fucking amazing. Anyways, let's talk about it more, because new things have happened, like, did you see that they fucking brought Jose Canseco out during one of their concerts? Yes, Jose Canseco, if oh. you want him to do something, he will absolutely do it. Yeah, he, he just walked out with the bat. Nothing but time. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, I could talk about that any day. I, mean, I actually. The funniest thing in that, that is the real thing that it's it's one of the jokes in there that Jose can say Andy Samberg. So it's, as a Jose can say, says like Madonna wanted to have sex with me, but I was like, nah, not interested. Mm-hmm. Some some variation of that in real life. Jose can actually maintains that that Madonna was interested in him, and he said mm-hmm. no. I, totally. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, sure, whatever. Man. Good for you, Jose can Whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, I agree, though. That is a great Rick's pick. Um, do we have anything else we want to, we want to touch on before we, we wrap up then? Mm. Nope. Beautiful weather we've had lately. Yeah, nice and warm. You know what's going to be actually, re- oh my gosh, you know what's good to end on? So, for anybody who's been listening for a while, you'll know that, uh, one thing that Taylor and I always used to do was joke around about having sponsors and everything. And now, with the new hockey podcast network, like our Sabres podcast, we are actually going to have sponsors that we have to give shout-outs to during our episodes. Yes. And we made it. We made it. Yeah. Our, you know, we have a pod. I, I don't know who the sponsors are. They better be SeatGeek. They are. If they're not be, then we're going right over to StubHub, knocking on their door and offering our business to them. For free. For free. Absolutely. Yeah. Or like Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats. Ooh, I like that. Okay. That's Canadian, so. We could tap into that market then. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll have, again, we're going to have more on that. Um, again, as we're kind of moving along through the summer and once we get to the fall, we'll really start, well, get closer to the fall, we'll really start ramping things up there. But uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening today as always. Um, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you don't already and be sure to like us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we're on iTunes or SoundCloud, however you're listening to this. Be sure to again, uh, subscribe. Uh, as always, thank you all so much for listening though. My name is Brendan. My name is Taylor. Goodbye everybody.